0: I was at a pastor's conference a few years ago at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Uh, Jim Cimbalo, the pastor, was a very big influence in my life. I did finally get to meet him, and just a humble guy and a white guy with a predominantly black church in, in Brooklyn. Started out with just a little dilapidated building with 17 members left over from the other church and grew to a church of over 10,000 people. And he stayed humble. And then we went to a pastor's conference here at church, and Mary Lou and I and got to experience his Tuesday night prayer meeting of 3,000 people. Every Tuesday night, 3,000 people. But the Sunday he preached, he got up and he said, um, Lord had convicted him. I'm not saying he's convicted me of this, I'm just saying for today he has. But he convicted him of. Preaching without notes. <laughs> so I'm preparing this week. I know this is a big day and Pentecost Sunday and kept trying to write something down and it's like, no, can't write that, can't do this, can't do that. And so last night <laughs> Mary Lou called me. She said, She's in Florida with Betty and Sandra and Pam. They're at a Rodney Howard Brown conference. And y'all can pray for me. She's gonna be gone a week a week Man. thank God for cereal <laughs> and uh, thank you don't, don't start sending me food yeah, okay. <laughs> you can take me out but don't start sending me food so he gets up that Sunday morning he has no it's just his Bible and so the Lord's working on me about this, this message for today, and he said, just just get up and open your mouth, and I'll put the words there. So I said, well, I'm going to practice, Lord. <laughs> so I was in the house. I'm sure if my neighbors, if the blinds are open, if our shutters were open, they're probably, who's that guy walking through his house talking? So I just, man, I was fired up. I was preaching to me last night, and... Uh, but she called me. She said, how's that sermon coming? I said, oh, it's great. <laughs> I'm looking at a blank sheet of paper. It's great. Because <laughs> I knew God was going to cover me. And, um, and, you know, I was thinking about this this Pentecost Sunday. And I thought, probably, I don't know. I would hope churches across the world were celebrating Pentecost. But I don't know that a lot of churches are going to be singing, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. I don't. Because I've been in churches where you really wasn't welcome. Uh, except in name only. You know, we always got, we got that cousin or that uncle that we'll invite to the party, but we just kind of hope he didn't show up. <laughs> you know? That relative? Oh, you're going to have to send him table, but maybe he won't show up. And I think it's the way a lot of churches are, let's like, invite the Holy Spirit, but maybe he won't show up, and we can do things as normal, as usual. So, I'm uh, preparing, and I'm thinking, wow, if it, it, when Christmas Starts rolling around. We get out the the Bible. We start reading the Bible in Luke and Matthew about the birth of Jesus and the stable and the manger and the and the and the wise men. And the shepherds and all that, man, we just we go over it, we get everybody excited about Christmas. And then when it's approaching uh, resurrection day, we start preaching the cross and man we get excited about the cross and what took place at the cross and and how Jesus died for our sins and then on the third day he was raised from the dead, we get excited about that. But I don't know that many people get excited about what happened fifty days later. Pentecost. And we ought to get excited about what happened fifty days later. Because that's the birth of the New Testament church. Can you imagine if he would have been resurrected and then nothing happened after that? We probably wouldn't be here today. But he had a plan from before the beginning, of the before the foundations of the world, God already had a plan that on the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit would come in power and empower his people to start the New Testament church. He started with just 120 or so people in the upper room. And yet today we, we might mention Him and we might not mention Him. Either way, it's okay. But I'm telling you today that if we don't mention Him, if we don't give Him a place, if we don't yield to Him, that we will be just like everybody else. We'll be the nominal. I've got my ticket punched. I'm going to get to heaven. We'll be that kind of Christian. And there will be no signs. There will be no wonders. There will be no miracles. There will be no giftings in operation in the body of Christ. hundred think about it a hundred and twenty or so followers in one room waiting for god to show up now let me give you just a little history because i'm going to read something in a minute but i want to give you some some background there were a hundred listen jesus on, on the 40th day it says after he was resurrected what did he do he preached the kingdom for 40 days he went around preaching he didn't just hang out with the disciples and listen, there were 500, it says in I think 1 Corinthians 15, that there were over 500 believers. 500 people saw Him. 500, say 500. 500. But only 120 or so ended up in the upper room. And here's the thing, many Christians today, they're part of that 380 that just got the breath of God blown into them, but they didn't want to go any further. They wanted to stay there where it was safe. They didn't want to commit. They didn't want to go. And He said, listen, go and wait. See, some of us, we don't want to go and wait. We don't even want to go, much less wait. We, don't, we have this concept that we want it, we want it now. And I'm telling you, if you really want the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you're going to have to do some waiting this morning. You're going to have to do some going this morning. You're going to have to do some obeying this morning. You're going to have to do some yielding this morning. And I'm talking about some of you that's already been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need a freshened feeling. Oh, I got that back in 1942. It is good to go. No, listen, we leak. We give out. We get attacked by the enemy with the cares of this world. The seeds are sown into life. And I was thinking about that Scripture about how the seeds were sown and how we apply that to different ways in in, in theology. But I was thinking, God said, listen, even believers, when the seed is re-sown and it's sown again, we let the enemy and the cares of this world come and rob the seed from us. And that's why we don't operate in power. That's why we don't see signs and wonders and miracles anymore. And I know people that speak in tongues with the best of them, but there's no power in their life. Until we see that, guys, we're just going to be people that speak in tongues. i got my prayer language. Okay, so what? What are you doing with it? I've got the gift of healing. Have you laid your hands on anybody lately? Well, you know, I think it's going to happen soon. No! That's supposed to be our every every or, everyday, ordinary life as a believer. Whoo! I haven't even got to the Scripture yet. So I'm thinking, 120 or so people are waiting in the upper room and they're waiting for something Jesus didn't even give them the day. I already shared this with some of you before if you were here before in one of the other sermons. He didn't tell them the specific day. He said, in a few days, not many days from now you will see the gift of the Holy Spirit. You shall be empowered. You shall be my witnesses to San Angelo and Tom Green County in Texas in the United States and the world, Right? he said you'll, you'll be my witnesses but you're not many days from now it's coming so they were in a room to 120 or so people and they're praying it says in the Bible they're in one accord and they're praying they're in one accord and they're praying and they're in one accord and they're praying and I'm thinking okay God you said preach on oneness we've been preaching on oneness we've been together we've been talking about unity he said get into my presence he said yeah well, we're going getting into his presence today and we're going to be in one one mind and he said I want you to be in my witnesses And when we get the power of the Holy Spirit within us we become the witness and I'm a witness to you today of what Jesus did in my life. Teresa and Matthew, they're standing up here with their children. They're a witness today of what the Holy Spirit has done in their life. And you've got a witness. You all have a witness if you've got Jesus in your life. And listen, we've got to start. If we're going to have power, we're going to have to start operating using the witness that God's given us. And last week we talked about being equipped. You've got to get equipped or you're going to get what? Whipped. So we want to equip you. Well, I don't want to go to that class... Well, don't go to that class. Stay the way you are if you want to. But I'm telling you, I'm challenging you that we got to get equipped or the enemy is going to keep on whipping us. So are you ready to get equipped? Are you ready to walk in your witness? And today, listen, it all starts. I'm going from the back. I'm going backwards. It all starts with the big R and that's called repentance. Repentance. Change the way you think. So this morning, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read all of Acts chapter 2. Oh, the whole scripture, all 47 verses. Yes, I am. All 47. You know what? We're going to give God in His Word six or seven minutes for me to read it straight through. We're going to read it from the New King James Version. Amen. Thank you. God is good. All the time. He's not just good when you want Him to be good or when things are going good. He's good even when things are going bad. Amen. Acts 2. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. We're going to be talking about the power of repentance today. Now, I want you to listen to this because this is our history. Say, this is my history. This is my foundation. Okay? You You can say you're a part of the New Testament church, but... When you really believe and understand the history and what is behind this, you're going to understand this is who I am. This is my roots. See, this is my roots. When the day of Pentecost... Now, Pentecost means harvest. And penta means 50. So there was 50 days from the Passover to the harvest, the feast of the harvest. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Say one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one set upon each of them. Fire means refinement. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Some translations say other languages. As the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Say every nation. God's timing is always perfect. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused. Because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all of these who speak Galileans, just regular old people? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed saying to one another, whatever could this mean? And others, listen, there's always going to be the mockers. And others mocking said, they are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. That was 9 a.m., But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Say all flesh. Your sons and your sons only. No, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, on men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever, say whoever, Say, I'm a whoever, and whoever that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, we're not through yet. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. They already knew this. Him, being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified, and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death. Listen, the pains of death have been loosed. Amen? Because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Hallelujah. For David says concerning him. This is King David. He says, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Listen, God does not want you to be shaken today. Amen? Amen. Therefore my heart rejoices, David, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. Say hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In His presence, that's when we have joy. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you. Listen, as, as if he hasn't already been. Let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried in his tomb is with us today, to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne, he, David, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, That his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. Was, was Jesus' flesh? Did it ever see corruption? No, it did not. No, it did not. This God, this Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both the Lord and Christ, Messiah, the anointed one. Now, there were more than 3000 people there that day. We don't know how many, but many, many, many more thousands. Verse 37. Now, when they heard this, when they heard Peter's sermon, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? You ever come to that place? What shall I do? What shall I do? I'm in a mess. What shall I do? How do I get out of this? What shall I do? Then Peter said to them, Repent. Say, repent. repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Say, the gift. The gift. How many of you know you don't earn a gift? It's just given to you. For this promise is to you and to your children. That was the people that were there. And to all who are far off, that is you and me. Say, I'm a far off. I'm a far off. <laughs> or I was afar far off as many as the Lord our God will call you know you've heard me say it many times you just don't get saved when you want to get saved you got to be called you got to be drawn by the Father by the Holy Spirit that's when you receive Him that's when you give your life to Him you just can't go I think I want to get saved today that's not how it works He has to draw you now when you say I think I want to get saved today but He's already drawn you and called you then this is the day that you're to be saved today is the day of salvation for some of you this morning. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Could we say that today? Be saved from this perverse generation? I think we can. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000, say 3,000, 3,000 souls were added to them. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. In the breaking of bread, there more likely was communion. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believe were together. Say "together." together. Oneness. They were all together and all had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord. There's that word again. One accord. Those two words. In the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. They didn't get it complicated. They didn't mess it up. We've done a pretty good job of making it complicated, haven't we? Praising God and having favor with all the people. You want to walk in favor with all the people? Start praising God in your life. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The Lord added to the church. We kind of want to add and do the things ourselves. We want to, we want to make things happen ourselves. And that's one of the popular, that's one of the popular uh, sayings is, I'll I'll make it happen. You're on the job, your boss asks you to do, I can make that happen. You know, we don't make anything happen. If you do make it happen, it's just you and it ain't going to be worth much. We need to let God make some things happen in our life. So I'm studying this and I'm thought, well, Lord, what do you want me to share? And he said, I want you to share this. Because one day, one day you didn't know about this. One day you weren't walking in this. One day you didn't have a clue about this. And I'm thinking, you know, repentance means to change the way you think. It's, it's it's an about face, not only just in your in your way you're walking, but it's an about face in your in your heart and your mind. It's a change of the way you think. It's a it's a change of the way you act. It's a change of everything in your life. If you're going one direction, he says, I want you to I want you to go my direction, Harold. Quit go in your direction. And I thought about it. a lot of people have to repent of more than other people. Did you know that? I mean, if you were raised in the church, if you were raised in the church, you don't have to repent as much as people that were not raised in the church. You know why? And it's not because of all the sin that you've committed in your life. Because if you are raised in your church and somebody told you that you, you learned from a little child on up that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, that He rose from the dead, that He ascended to heaven, then do you believe that? So you don't have to have a change of thinking in that area, right? Am I right? But if you didn't know that, if you came from somewhere else and nobody ever taught you that, you had to have a radical change in your heart and in your mind and thinking about who Jesus Christ is. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. These people thought Jesus was a, an imposter. They thought he was a criminal. They wouldn't have hung him on the cross if they didn't think he was somebody, if he wasn't a blaspheming God. They wouldn't have put him on the cross. Even though they saw everything that He did, they, they wouldn't have put Him on the cross. But they thought He was somebody who's, who He says... They, they thought He was saying He was somebody that they didn't think He was. And so on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes because they're in the upper room and they're praying and they're waiting and they're seeking God. You see, that's the problem with us. We don't want to get in the upper room anymore. We don't want to get in the upper room anymore. And that's what God said. Harold, you are got to tell them to go back to the upper room. Get back to the upper room. Get on your knees again. Start praying and start believing for something more than what they're experiencing today. But we don't want to do that because we're Americans. We already got everything we we need. We got apps for all of that. We don't need this. We don't need that. And God says, I want you to get back to the upper room. I want you to come together as one. I want you to begin to pray and I want you to begin to believe because I've got more for your children. And so at the age of seventeen, listen, I'm 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 I I'm growing up in the church. I believe that Jesus Christ was the Son. I believed all that, but there was no change in my heart. There was no repentance in my heart because I was still trying to conform to the world. I was not transformed by the renewing of my mind. And at the age of seventeen in Shreveport, Louisiana, on the summer of 1970, I gave my life. Jesus called me and I hit that altar. And today we got an altar, but I we had a cool altar at that church in, in Shreveport. It was one of them wooden altars with a with a pad at the bottom to kneel. And I just could imagine when I'm thinking about this, how many people, the tears that fall upon that altar. Because they'd come and they'd said, I surrender all. We sing that like it's just a great little song. But He's asking you to surrender all. And we have a hard time surrendering a little. We sing it, but we don't do it. I mean, I'm serious. We all hold on to stuff, don't we? We all got little compartments that we hang on to. And God God says, I want that part too. So when He shows you that, that's when you got to surrender that too. He said, I want you to surrender at age 17. I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you, for 30 years, say 30 years. For 30 years, I thought I had it figured out. For 30 years, I thought I had all that I needed. And I was operating. I was a good man. We were lay servants. I was worship leader in, in a church, and we were teaching college kids. And the, the, there's one day we just kept hitting this wall, hitting this wall. How many of you ever hit a wall in your spiritual life? You just hit a wall. You're doing, you think you're doing everything, but nothing seems to be changing around you. You're praying for people. They don't seem to change. Your family doesn't seem to change. They don't seem to understand that you have any authority. You know why? Because you're not walking in any authority. Because you don't know the power of the Holy Spirit that lives and wants to live in your life and and empower you to do the things of God, so you just you just walk in this getting by kind of Christianity. God never said God wants you guys. He says that and you shall receive getting by faith. When you go to the upper room and you wait, and in a few days, man, I'm gonna show up and I'm just gonna kind of show up, and you're just gonna kind of live a kind of a nice Christian life. He didn't say that, did he? But see, there was 380 people that said, "I want that other life. I want that this side of the river kind of life. I, I want to be that. I want to be one of the tribes." When they said, "Let's go take the Promised Land. Let's go cross the Jordan. Let's go take the, the ground that you've already given us." Some of us are like that tribe on the other side. Say, yeah, I just want to stay here and take care of the cattle and the sheep. We don't want to go over the deep end. God, you know what God will do? He'll let you stay on the other side. He'll let you stay and you could be one of those, I got my ticket punch, I'm going to heaven. Glory. I just I just can't wait for Jesus to come back. You, you, You can do that. He'll let you. He's 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 a God of love, He's a God of grace. He'll let you be where you want to be. But here's the thing God wants us to be where He wants us to be. He wants us to want what He wants us to want. That makes sense? He wants us to want what He wants us to want. But we think we got our wanderers and I want this and this and this. I've got to get this to get by. I've got to have this kind of car. I've got to live in this house. I've got to have two and a half kids. I've got to have a dog. I've got to have a cat. I've got to have all these things and then I'll line up and I'll be good. And then I'll serve you, Lord. When I want to get all this stuff lined up. He said, you need to get the upper room. See, these people left. They, they, I don't even know what it was like today before when he said, let's go to the upper room. When he said, I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to go to the upper room. I don't know what preparations they made. I said, okay, kids, we got to get the meals ready for three, for I don't even know how long we got to get the meals ready for you. They just said, we got to go. We, we got to have preparation to do everything, don't we? We got to have preparation. God said, no, I just want you to go. Peter said, he said, Peter, drop your nets, follow me. Okay. Okay. That's my business. Now nah, it's okay. I'm following you. And see, we don't want to we don't want to go. We don't want to go to the upper room. We want to, we don't want to wait for anything. So I'm I'm trucking along, Mary Lou and I are trucking along for 30 years doing this. Thirty years that We could have been praying for people to be healed. We could have been praying for people to be filled. We could have been praying for people to, to step out into their calling, to, to step out into the power of God. We could have been doing that for 30 years and we missed it. We missed it. Even when He called me to full-time ministry, and we said, okay, God. I said, okay, God. And Mary said, no, no, okay, God. Not happening. And we didn't know that the enemy had a plan to kill, steal, and destroy us. And God said, I've got a plan for you too. It's a lot better than His plan. I've come that you might have life, say life, and have it it more abundantly, not just abundantly. We're in the year of abundance. But if you don't believe that, guess what? It's just going to be another year for you. If you don't believe in Pentecost, you wouldn't have shown up that day. You wouldn't have been in the upper room. If you were the one God said, God, give me the exact day so I can show up in the, in the last day and I'll be, I'll join the rest of them and we'll receive your glory. He didn't want you to do that. He wants you to go and He says He, says he wants you to seek Him with all of your heart, your mind, and your strength. He wants you to go after Him. Unless when we've let the world get in the way and we've gone after the things of the world. We're not going after the things of God anymore. And God says, listen, you've got to go after me because I'll take care of all that other stuff that you think is so important. He'll take care of it. So for 30 years, I'm in the wilderness kind of thing. I'm on the other side of the Jordan River. And Mary Lou is with this group of radical, crazy Christian women. They were Baptists, but they were also filled with the Holy Spirit. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe it's salvation. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. The indwelling Holy Spirit comes when you're saved. Amen? And I believe that happened in John 20 or 21 when Jesus breathed on the Holy, breathed on the disciples and said, receive you the Holy Spirit. Now listen, we all have that when we're saved. Holy Spirit comes in. Jesus really doesn't come live in your heart even though we say He does. He, I know he, because He says, I'm at the right hand of the Father and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence. It's okay if you say Jesus in your heart. I say it all the time. But it's, it's okay. But the but Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in your life. You have the indwelling, say indwelling. The Holy Spirit, the deposit of the Holy Spirit in your life. Now Jesus said, I breathe on you, receive the Holy Spirit. And they went, okay, we got it. And He said, I want you to go and I want you to go wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit because He's going to come upon you. Say upon. Upon you in power. See, we, we have the, the indwelling Holy Spirit to save us, but the Holy Spirit that comes upon us in power, it ain't so much for you, it's for everybody else. So you can be a witness. So you can go out and empower and empower other people and lead people into the kingdom of God. That's why he said, I've got to give you this power. So we got 380 people saying, I'll receive the Holy Spirit. I'm good. I'm going to just live my life until I die. Thank you, Jesus. But you know, these other people are really radical, the 120 or so. And they're just going to follow you. And they're going to come back and tell us what to do. So we got 120 or so people in the upper room and they're waiting. And I, I've done this before and i gonna do it again. Because see, we don't like to wait for anything. We don't. We, we just don't. And, and a culture is making it where we don't have to. I mean, you get upset if you've got to wait five minutes in the line of McDonald's. We do. We want double, triple A. You go to Chick-fil-A. I timed it the other day. How anal is that? On, somebody told me the longest they ever had to wait in the line at McDonald's. I mean, in Chick Fil A was was on uh, opening day. They had to wait eight minutes. I timed it. It was eleven minutes. I had to do the loop-de-loop thing. I said, "Well, I'm, I'm in the..." No, no, you got to go around and come back around again. How you know what I'm talking about? I said, That's crazy. If you got all these lanes, just give me one of those. They said, "Well, no, you got to go around the building and then get in a lane of three, uh, two lanes, and then they'll figure out which one. And then you're going. Who's who, which car? I'm closest to that car." How many of you always pick the wrong car to get behind in the lane? I do that all the time. I say, okay, there's two cars are about the even distance. I don't know how long this person is up. How, I don't know how many have given their order. I don't know if they've given their order. I'm just going, okay, God, which one are you going to get in? Get behind the white car. I get behind the white car and the other lane just keeps going, dip, 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 dip. <laughs> what in the world? And I get up to the lady. Oh, I got to give them all. And you know, you get behind the lady, but it's got 12 kids in the car and they're trying to take everybody's order. Ah, oh, Jesus. Can it go any faster? Because that's our culture. Our time is 11 minutes. I want to tell Doug about that. 11 minutes. I waited for a salad. So we just, we just have this mindset God, I want it and I want it now. And God says, No, I'm giving it to you now. I'm not going to give it to you now. But I've got faith. No, you don't. You haven't even been through the fire yet. You don't know what faith is. He wants to test you sometimes. He wants to put, He wants to give you some choices. He wants to see if you're going to be faithful. He wants you to know how faithful that you are. He wants to know how faithful that you are. But he, he knows how faithful. He wants you to know how faithful that you are. He wants to know if you're willing to wait 12 minutes. So I, I'm thinking, you we're in a line, instead of praying for people around us, we're thinking, come on, let's get me... Th- I want to get behind the right car. I'm going to get through this line. i got places to go. Well, I don't have any places to go. My wife's gone. I'm going to go home and sit down and eat a, you know, eat a salad. <laughs> what I'm trying to get you to think of is how do, you, how do we need to repent? We need to change the way we think about things. We need to think we need to change the way we think about waiting on the Lord. So what is he teaching you while you're waiting? Instead of whining and complaining, what's he teaching you while you're waiting? Instead of whining and complaining, what's he teaching us while we're waiting? Right? So some of you are gonna to need to repent this morning. I'm gonna to need to repent of of not having the, the wisdom. And the, and the patience, thats one of the fruits of the Spirit. You know, I hate that old saying, don't pray for patience because God will give you a lot of tests. No, we have patience. Start saying, I have patience. I'm, the, I'm, a, I'm a blessed of the Lord. The fruits of the Spirit live in me. They reside in me. I am a person of patience. Because I hear people, oh, I'm not very patient. Well, start believing that you are who God says you are. I got to do that all the time. So we're rocking along for 30 years, doing the ministry, doing it on our own time and doing it in our own way, trying to get along within the program of the church. And then God introduces me to worship. He said, if you're going to cross the line and get to the way I need you to go, you got to start really worshiping me here. You got to quit talking about worship. You got to start doing worship. And I, it's more than singing a song, church. It's about your lifestyle. It's about your giving worth to God on a 24-7. Somebody got that t-shirt on this morning. Somebody got a 24-7 Jesus shirt on. Stand up. You got a 24-7. That's what we're talking about. 24-7 Jesus. You have to ask him to start changing the way you think about things. You have to start believing that He is present with you everywhere you go, that you're yoked together with Him. He is not going to leave you or forsake you. He's not going to let you go through the water by yourself. He's not going to let you walk on the water by yourself. So you've got to start trusting Him. Start believing that He is who He says He is and that you are who He says you are. When you start believing who you are, that He says you are, you will start wanting everything God has for you. And that's where we got in our life. Mary Lou was hanging out with these crazy charismatic Christian Baptist Pentecostals, I don't know what they were called, but they were weird, they were strange. I think Kristen Oliver was one of them. She wasn't very vocal about it to me because she kind of knew what I'd probably say. Because I'd made judgments against the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'd made judgments against speaking in to tongues. I'd made judgments against the guests. You know why? Because I was taught to. By the church. I was taught to. I, I didn't know why we had Sunday school books. Remember the Sunday school curriculum? They would go verse by, Bible, you know, book by book. And we would get to 1 Corinthians 12, or I mean, or, or 14, and it would just skip that one. Just skip it in the curriculum. Okay. I guess they don't want us to learn about that. And I, I was taught that there was wrong; it was evil. I made judgments. Maybe you've made judgments. I had to repent of making judgments against the Holy Spirit, against the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I had to make. I had to, I had to repent of those things. Listen, if you don't want to repent, you can stay where you're at. God will let you stay where you're at, but He don't want you to stay where you're at. And, and I can't imagine you even want to be a part of a church that doesn't want that wants you to move on, want you to get everything God has for you. So we had to begin. Mary Lou was hanging up with these ladies and and pretty soon she had this prayer language and I'm like, oh my goodness, what's happened to us? You're not listening to Pam and Kristen and all these weird ladies, are you? Yes. And then I saw a change in her life. I saw a change. I I apologize, Kristen, if I'm making you slinking down in the chair. I am thankful for you. And Mark, I'm thankful for you guys. Because see, that's where some of you are. you got people that you don't want to even talk to them about it. And God says, that's the one. He's already pointed out people to you to witness to. Because you see the struggles that they're having on a daily basis. You see the lack of power in their life. Don't you want them to have the power of God that can move mountains? Away? We sing about it. We just sing about it today. He's a mountain mover. He's a, he's a wind calmer. He can do anything. So I had, we had to come to the place, I had to come to the place, okay, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start opening up my mind. Open hearts and open my, open up my mind. You know, we're singing that. I had to open up my mind to the things of God. Some of you this morning, you're gonna have to open up your mind to the things of God. Because it's closed off. It's like a steel trap. And you don't want to believe that God has more for you. Because if you, here's the thing a lot of people don't want to believe that God has more for you. Because if you believe that, then you've got to start living like it. You have a responsibility to live in the gifts, you have a responsibility to walk in your giftings. So if you don't, you know, that's kind of like me. I don't want to learn a whole lot about a lot of things because if you learn a lot about a lot of things, you're expected to do a lot in a lot of things. There are guys in our church like Jerry and Charles and Joe. Man, they know about electronics. They know about air conditioning. They know know, pretty much about anything, plumbing. You just go, I don't want to learn about all that stuff. I'd rather call them and let them do it. You get called about things, right? Don't you? Because you know things. I don't know things like that. Because I don't want want somebody to come. I'm not a moving company. (laughs) Oh, you know, so-and-so, man, they'll move you. They'd love to do that sort of thing. I'm not a moving company. I have a little bitty pickup. But God wants me to know about the things of God. He wants you to know about the things of God, so you'll start operating in the things of God. You'll start looking like the power of God is upon you. And you'll start, you'll start moving in. You'll take dominion. You'll have an authority about you. Your family will change. The people around you change. Your workplace will change. I'm telling you, when somebody gets on fire for Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit comes and empowers you, the workplace where you're at will not stay the same. It will not stay the same. Your school will not stay the same. Your sphere of influence will not it'll change. The atmosphere is changing now. Listen, when we walk in, Holy Spirit goes before us and the atmosphere changes. If it doesn't, there's probably something wrong with your faith walk. Probably is. But that's okay. If there is, repent. Repent. Some of you said, uh, you know, I, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, I've got my prayer language, but you need to repent because you haven't said, God, what do you have for me today? You just said, God, what did you have for me 20 years ago? Because I want to do what you said 20 years He wants you to do what he says for you to do today. When you go to the restaurant today, when you go to ATB today, when you go to Walmart today. Like I said, everybody in Walmart ought to be saved. That's where, I, that's where I hear all the testimonies happen. I was in Walmart the other day. Later, was late to come. Mary Lou prays for people at Walmart all the time. How many of you pray for people at Walmart? Are they really the lost society that we have to go? Go ye therefore in all the Walmarts. <laughs> Baptizing, making disciples. Helping them to stock better, you know. So we're, we're walking this walk, and Mary Lou's got this, this baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, I don't want my wife to have something I don't have. Did you know there's a good jealousy? Paul said he wanted the Gentiles to be jealous for what they had. He did. So let's make them jealous. See, you share your life of joy and happiness and power and health and healing, wholeness and, and, and provision in your life ought to make people that are lost jealous. It ought to make people that are just nominal believers jealous. What do you got that I'm missing? Because I said, Mary Lou, what do you got that I'm missing? She said, I got the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. What do you mean baptized? I've been baptized. Yeah, I've been baptized in water like two, three times, baby. She said, not that kind of baptism. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I, you know what I did? I made fun of her. I made fun of it. I mean, You talk about some repenting. I had to do some repenting. I made fun of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I, would, I started, I, I, we would watch, she started wanting to watch the Christian stations. Oh my goodness. Praise the Lord, the lady with the pink hair. I just had to, God forgive me, but I just don't believe that that's of God. Pink hair can't be of God. And no, no offense if you got pink hair this morning. Pink tall hair, you know? And then then gold chairs, you know, and the big massive gold chair and I you know we just make I make judgments all the time. And then she has Tommy, they had Tommy Tenney on the show one, one day, and, and, and I started watching it because I'd heard about Tommy Tenney and the God Chasers. Anybody Tom heard, heard of Tommy Tenney? From, he's from down in Texas or Houston or somewhere like that. And I heard about him, and I started hearing his, he was giving his testimony, how the power of God had come upon him and done this miracle, this miracle, this miracle, and I'm then you big phony. You know I'm saying? That's just not true. And Ben, I'm telling you, God done it. Boom. He slapped me down. He knocked me to my knees in the midst of my unbelief. Listen to me, church. In the midst of my unbelief, he knocked me to my knees. I don't remember the specific day, but I remember it was in our nice big home with a pool in Bentwood in in San Angelo Country Club. We had everything that most people think you need to have. We had the house, the car, the dog, two kids, boy, girl, daughter in college. We had a beautiful house on the golf course. I didn't play golf, but it's pretty cool having a go- house on the golf cart- course with columns and with a huge fountain that I hated later on because it was hard to keep it clean. We had everything we could think of that we needed. And, and, and man, we were just Man, Everything was good in our life. I mean, we're serving God church we were at was growing, everything was good, but Mary Lou had something I didn't have, and I thought, man, if I can't have it, I'll just make fun of it. So I made fun of it until God said, uh-uh, time's up. I ain't going to put up with that. There's a time that he'll say, I ain't going to put up with that anymore. And you'll you'll still have a choice. You'll still have a choice if you're going to put up with it or not. I mean, if you're going to keep doing what you're doing, but he will get your attention. And he will give you a choice, and you better make the right one at that point. I'm just telling you, I'm just saying. He knocked me to my knees, and I began to weep like a baby. I mean, boo-hooing. I didn't even know why. I was mad because I was crying. I was. What's going on, God? God. If this is you, God, then what's going on? He said, "It's me." Okay, <laughs> and he brought me to my knees, and I began to weep, and I fell by the bed. I think Mary Lee was in the in the in the bathroom putting on her makeup or something. She go, "What in the world's going on with you?" I didn't even know she was there because I was just crying so hard. And it's at that moment I had my only vision that I've ever had. I guess I was young enough still. Young men dream, have visions, right? Forty-seven, I guess. 30 years after giving my life to Christ. 30 years I'm weeping. And I see a picture. And y'all, many of you have heard this story, but i got to tell you this today It needs to be shared. I had a picture. God gave me a vision of my son Wes on a cross. Hanging on a cross, bloody. Nails through his hands. nail a spike through his feet. I don't remember if he had a crown of thorns on. I don't think he had a crown of thorns on, but I just remember my son was on the cross. And it was the most horrifying sight. Horrifying. And I heard the voice of God crystal clear. He said, Harold, that's how much I love you. That's how much I love you. That's how much I love you. I gave my only son for you. Quit mocking me. Get in the game. Get on the program. Get where I want you to be. Quit quit putting every everybody else down. Quit making judgments. Tommy, Tenney, or your wife or anybody else. Stop it. Repent. Change the way you think. Because there's power in repentance. And I got up from that bed and I told Mary Lee what I saw and we wept together. And I said, honey, I don't know what this means, but I... I've got to serve God. I don't know. I want everything he has for me. I've been living on just the fumes of his his anointing. I want everything he has for me. And listen, that's not a dangerous statement. That's a good statement. You just say, God, I want everything you've got for me. Because we have him in a box. I don't even care if you're Pentecostal or charismatic. We still put him in a box. But he just says, get me out of that box. If you want to give me a bigger box, give me a bigger box. But let's keep expanding the box. Because that's what it was. He does that and he does it, it's a process. And so he, he filled me, that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I believe that that was my encounter because I got up from there, changed man. Change man. And we, we downsize with everything God, God said, I want you to get where you need to go. And I'm, I'm going to be taking some things away from you. So you'll go where I want you to go. And I want you to see what I want you to see. And I want you to look for what I want you to look for. I want you to start living for what I want you to live for. Because listen, in the truth of, in the reality of it, so much, most, most of us just live for what we want. Not what God wants for us. Number one, sin for every mankind is selfishness. We want what we want, and we want it quickly. And God said, nah, you need to get in the upper room. You need to wait for me because I've got some things I want to tell you. I want to show you. So once you come to that place, listen. I am not one. I know people believe it different ways, and it's taught different ways. And I'm not here to say it happens one way or the other because I don't believe that God's a God of formulas because He doesn't want you to have a formula for getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, a formula for getting. Say, listen, there's not even a sinner's prayer in the Bible. We quote us so when sinner's prayer to Him, which they repeat after me. Listen, I don't even know if I like to do that. Let them pray it. Father, you come to your kingdom. Remember me. That was the guy. That was his. That was his cry. That was his salvation prayer. That was his prayer of repentance on the cross for the thief. He said, "Jesus, when you enter your kingdom, remember me." He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He didn't say, "Please forgive me my many sins." He didn't say, "Oh, da 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 da." He just said, "Remember me." In his life, I guarantee you, if the man would coming come down off that cross, if the thief had come down on the cross, he said, "Where's some water? I need to get baptized." And then he would say, "Where? I want the baptism, of the Holy Spirit. I want everything you got from me because I believe that." This man in the middle, this Jesus Christ, he is the Son of God, and he is the Overcomer. And I need everything he has for me. And the Holy Spirit, he wants to send him to fill me up and blast me. He wants to fill me. He wants to fill you. So I don't. I'm not a formula guy. I got I received the baptism on the side of my bed after watching Tommy Tenney and making fun of him. How it was. Some people come to the front of a church and they fall down and they get their, you know. I, I don't preach that, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? I don't use that language. That's that's a language that some people have adopted and they use that language. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. That's an evidence. But I just say, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of the power to witness? Because God God's going to give you the gifts. He said, I mean, that's the least of the gifts is tongues. He said, prophesy, profsa, prophesy, prophesy. Quit trying to, oh, I want, to, I want, hey, I want the gift of, t-. no, say, I want everything. I want everything you got from me, God. Which one do you want to give me? Which one do you want to give me for right now? What do I need for right now? For right now, you may need the gift of miracles. For right now, you may need the gift of healing. For right now, you may need the gift of helps or the gift of giving. God wants to give his gifts to his children as he desires, as he wishes. He will give you the gifts. So don't get all hung up. If I if I ask the Lord to baptize me in the Holy Spirit, do I have to speak in that tongue? No, because it's already in you. He just wants it released. It's already there. It's just like your healing is already there. He just wants it released. I want it released. So you have to go to this place of getting to the upper room. That's what he kept telling me last night. He said, get him to the upper room. Get him to the upper room. Get him up there again. Get him up there again. See, I've been up there. I've been waiting, I was seeking, I was asking, I was pleading, I was, oh, God, do this, God. And I've been to that place many, many times, but He wants us to keep going there. When we started this work, eight people, we would gather together. Much of our time would just spend prayer. What do you want us to do, Lord? What is this going to look like? We had no clue what this was going to look like. No clue. Ask them. Ask Mark and Kristen or Casey and Wes, or ask my wife or ask Pam, who had the others that were with us in the beginning stage of this. Ask them if we knew what we were doing. We had no clue what we were doing. But we were willing to wait on the Lord. That's one thing we were willing to do. We were willing to wait on the Lord and say, God, here we are. What do you want? Well, Harold, you're going to have to go. So I've got some things I want to teach you. I want to grow you. There's going to be a time. There's going to be a waiting period. And then when the time's coming, that I'll show you that this is where I want you to be. I want you to be downtown. I want you to go to the down and out. I want you to go to the alcohol and the drug addict and the prostitute. This is what I want you to do. But we had to wait and hear his voice, what he wanted us to do. So I want you to feed people. I don't want you to just feed them food. I want you to feed them the gospel. I want to see signs and wonders and miracles because that's who I am. That's who God is. And I believe he's, he, he's graduating us from one step to the other. And I, bling, I think we're on the verge and I think we're already there that God's opened up a bigger box for us. Some of you say, amen. Some of you say, oh, me. <laughs> What's that going to look like? I don't know, that's the, that's, the, that's the fun of God because you don't know what it's going to look like. It's going to be a surprise. God God wants to surprise us. How many of your parents have ever surpri- had a surprise party for your kids? That's it, nobody, two, three, four, <laughs> bless your children. To... How many of you ever had a surprise party thrown for you? How many of you, I'm going to ask you, some of you don't like surprise parties. I was surprised. Mary Lou gave me a, a 40th, when I hit 40, a surprise birthday party. And it was so cool because all these people showed up that I didn't, I didn't know that they really cared that much about me. And they showed up like, oh, wow, wow, wow. You know, God wants to surprise his kids. He wants to surprise us with the Holy Spirit. He wants to surprise us with the gifts. But we've got to come to the place of, am I willing to go to the upper room and wait? Am I willing to say, God, whatever you have for me. You see, they had no idea it was going to be tongues of fire. No idea. I haven't seen tongues of fire, but I believe God can do whatever He wants to when He wants to do it. But right, let me get back to what I was saying. God's not a God of formulas. So some people get prayed for, and they get their prayer language and all that. Some people get saved, and then get their baptism in the Holy Spirit, all that, and they, then they get water baptized. That's that's possible too. It's biblical. It is. Cornelius' family, they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then they water baptized them. God's not a God of formulas. He's not. He just wants you to have everything he wants you to have so you can be a witness, so you can bring glory to his name, that you can serve him and serve him with power and not get beat up and walk around beat up and bruised and whining and complaining. So that's what he did in my life. I've got two more of the scriptures and we're going to pray. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. You can be sorry till the cows come home, but if it's not godly sorrow, it produces death. It's what my Bible says. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But when God, when it's godly sorrow, and you've come to hate sin, and when you do sin, you go, God, I'm so sorry. Repentance, repentance, repentance. In Romans two four, Paul says, Or do you despise the riches of His goodness, forbearance, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? The goodness of God. The goodness of God. Why would he say goodness leads to repentance? Because he wants you to repent. Because he knows once you repent that he's got you in the palm. He's going to wrap you up and he's going to direct your steps where you can be useful in the kingdom of God. Once godly sorrow takes place and the goodness of God draws you to repentance. Would you stand? I was asking the Lord about altar call. He said, yes, do an altar call. Just don't have the ministry team do the altar call. I just try to hear him. Don't always hear him exactly right. Sometimes I miss it. I was trying to hear him. He said, do an altar call. I thought about asking people, raise their hands if they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit or if they haven't been. He said, No, nah, don't do that. I'm not here to embarrass anybody. Not see, you, you don't when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, it doesn't make you better than the people that aren't baptized in the Holy Spirit. I know a lot of people think they are, but they're not. If they are, they already got a problem with pride. So I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I am no better than you. And you're no better than me. We're all equal in his sight. He doesn't love me more because I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit than, than the person that's out on the street right now that's, never, that's mocking Jesus right now. He loves him the same as he loves me. His love is perfect. This is what I believe he showed me to do. And when I say that, I know a lot of preachers tell you this is what God told me, and they hear these clear directions. It's like the audible voice of God always going off in, in their head. I, I, it's not that way for me. I wish it was. Y- y'all know what I'm talking about? Well, God told me to do this today, wear the yellow tie. You know, I don't think, you know, maybe he cares about what color tie. I don't know, but I don't ever ask him what color tie Sure, should wear. Well, obviously. <laughs> but now, if I heard the audible voice, put on a yellow tie for you, God. I, I tried to do that. But this is what he told me this morning. In his own way that he speaks to me. Have an altar call good old-fashioned altar call. Because there are people in in the crowd today, Harold, that they've never been to the upper room. They've gotten the breath of the Holy Spirit. They've accepted me as their Lord, or as their Savior, but they haven't crossed the line and said, I want everything you have for me. I'm also a believer in this, and and some people will argue with me. That's okay. I mean, we have, this all over town. Preachers are preaching something be a little bit different than what I'm preaching today. I love them anyway, and I hope they love me. Because unless we figure out what we can agree on, we're never going to change the world as the as the body of Christ. You know, I, I, I for one, don't believe. This is me, okay? I don't believe you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit while you're walking in rebellion and sin and, and happy to be there. No, I just don't believe that. I, can God do it? Yes, he can. He can knock you down. He can do whatever He wants to do. I understand that. But when I read Luke 11, I talk about, and we talked about the perseverance, and, and He says that if you ask, that God will give you something. He's asking for people to get to the upper room. That's what I believe He's saying for me. Today. That's what He kept telling me, upper room, get to the upper room, get to the upper room. Start seeking me with all of your heart. Quit worrying about what other people think. Start seeking me with all of your heart. And then offer them that invitation first of all to get saved and second of all to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Don't touch them. Don't pray for them. Let them do business with you. So bow your heads. Jeff, could you just come and play? Right now. Think about being in the upper room. Just close your eyes and imagine you're surrounded by other people. You know why I think it's 120 or so? Because I think there probably were a few people in that room wanted to bolt. And somebody else said, hey, hey, no, let's hang it. Let's do this. Because the Bible says that we come together to encourage one another. Right? So some people, you might want to bolt right now. You might want to, I don't want that stuff, that wacky stuff. I don't want that because God's going to expect more from me. Yes, he is because he's going to do it through you. You don't have to be afraid of that. See, a lot of people think, well, if I get that, then I've got to say, no, he'll do it through you if you'll let him. He says he is the one that gives. He's the one that empowers. He's the one that works in us and through us. Okay? So this morning, the invitation is this, because I believe that today's a, the day of Pentecost. I just think, of, think of yourself right now in the room. You've been waiting and waiting and waiting and saying, God, what... What is it you want? What does you have for me? And he says, I've got something really good for you today. I'm got salvation for those who've never been saved. For those in this place this morning, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, or never truly given your life to him, today's your day of salvation. And he wants to save you. And all he wants you to do is say. Lord, I'm stepping out in faith and I surrender to you. I don't even know what that looks like, but with God, I'm going to give you everything I've got today. And if that's for you, step out and come and kneel at this altar this morning and do business with God. Just do business with Him. If that's you. Listen, if, if your life, from the day, maybe some of you are here this morning, and you remember a day that you got water baptized, you remember the day you went and prayed to receive Christ, but nothing ever changed in your life. I'm going to tell you I'd rather be I'd rather be caught I'd rather err on the side of, of getting saved again than being lost okay I don't believe once you really get it you lose it but a lot of people don't really get it the first time they just walk through some motions but they never really had the indwelling spirit of God come in and change their life and radically change them. but if that's you this morning I'm going to ask you to come and kneel at this altar. Do business with God. I remember the day that, in, in I was seventeen, man. I was holding onto that pew. They had pews at that church, and I said, "Man, God, I don't know. I don't know about this this salvation thing. I, I still want to do my own thing." And He said, "This is the day, Harold. I'm giving you a choice today. Are you going to give your life to me?" And I had to let go of that pew, and I had to run to the altar, and I said, "God, I want you everything you have for me. Give me. I want my. I want salvation. I, I'm tired of playing this game. I want to make you Lord of my life." that's you this morning I want you to come and kneel at this altar and do business with God step out and come Come. step out and come step out and come thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord nobody's going to come they're not going to bother you you're just going to come thank you Lord you're tired of playing the game You're, you're ready to really surrender you want the spirit of God to come live inside of you step out and come this morning step out and come Step out and come. You're tired of the yo-yo life. You're tired of the roller coaster ride. You, you're you're ready to really do business with God this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Y'all just pray. As you're at the altar, you pray. You just ask the Holy Spirit, God to do whatever He's going to do in your life. You just surrender to Him. Repent. Whatever you got to do, Holy Spirit will tell you what to do. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Still coming. People are still coming. And don't fake it. And I faked it for most of my teenage years. I just faked it. And I was the best looking Christian on Sunday, but I was the best looking non-Christian on the rest of the week. Because I didn't have never had an encounter with God. When you have an encounter with the living God, it's your your life will change. Christians, could you say amen to that? Your life will change. Your decisions will change. Your wants will change. Your friends will change. I came back from Shreveport, Louisiana and all the buddies I used to run around and drink with and buddy up to. You know what? I didn't have to tell them to leave me alone. They left me alone. I didn't have to ask them to. They just walked away from me. They said, you're not any fun anymore. Thank God that He put a godly woman in my life named Mary Lou. All across the room all across the altar. People want everything that God has for them today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. Goodness of God. This is your Pentecost Sunday. Father, I bless every person up here. Y'all just extend your hands that they get what they're coming for today. Just make it that simple. So they came together, simplicity of heart. Father, what they've come for today, that you would give it to them. If it's salvation, that you would give it to them today as you see their hearts. If it's a rededication of their life to you, that they've wandered away, they strayed, Lord. That's what they'll get today. They'll come back to you. Maybe they're prodigals that have walked away. Today they're coming back to you. Father, if they're kneeling here this morning, and they're just wondering what's next for me, Lord, that you would show them by your Spirit. You would show them. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'm going to ask the ministry team, if you're on the ministry team, look up. If you're on the ministry team, if you have a word of knowledge, if you're a ministry team, if you have a word of knowledge for any of these folks, they're here at the altar this morning. Ask Holy Spirit if you've got something to speak into their life. Be obedient. And do that right now. Holy Spirit, lay something on your heart to share with them. To encourage them. Well, this is different. But like I said, God did not like to be put in a box or a formulas. You've got to work for somebody up here. You Just be obedient. I just want to bless those that have come forward. I was thinking of a, a scripture when uh, they were getting ready to stone the woman that had been in multiple relationships and Jesus, just in love and compassion, said, go and sin no more. And there's no one here casting any stones. And, Father, I just thank you that when you call us to repentance, that we think different. And, therefore, we can act different. Because the power of your love. So, Father, we thank you that we can we can go and, and we can walk in newness and freshness of you. In Jesus' name. As you get through doing business with God at the altar, I want to ask you guys to uh, go to the ER room. If we could ask the ministry team in the ER room, let you would, uh, if they have something they want to share with you. The ER room is back over here to my right, to your left. It's past the sign that says worthy is the, Lord, the lamb. There's a room there. Would y'all turn the lights on in there and get that room ready? If you need to talk to somebody and share what the decision you've made today, to just go back to that room okay here's the second thing the second part of the invitation this morning if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and today is the day that you've you have been seeking him you've been in the upper room and you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit I'm going to ask you to come to the altar now if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm not saying if you have a prayer language or you speak in tongues. I'm just saying if you want the fullness of God, if you want everything He has for you, I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. I want you to step out and come. If that's you this morning, just come stand. breathe on you this morning. He wants to breathe on you this morning. Come on, just stand up here. This is just how God told me to do it, okay? So, that's you this morning. You've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can we have some ministry team come stand behind them? That you're ready to empty yourself of you. You're ready to empty yourself of yourself, so God can fill you. That's what it was for me. I had to, I had to get my my I had to turn my mind around. Had to God had to have repent in my heart and my mind of what I had believed before. And God said, Harold, today I want you to have everything I've got for you, as much as you can stand. Anyway, Amen. Anybody else? I I, I believe there are more people this morning that are kind of in that place. They're ready for the more. If that's you this morning, I want you to come stand up here. Just come on, stand up here. One of the qualifications for being baptized in the Holy Spirit is that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. All the people in the upper room, they already knew him. That's when the fire came. That's when they were baptized. That's when the power of God came upon them. And Peter could preach his very first sermon with power because He is filled with the Holy Spirit. Came upon him. Came upon, say, upon, upon him. Anybody else? Thank you, Father. Anybody else? Just preached on waiting, so let's just wait. Just wait on it. Just, just wait on it.
1: Just, just,
0: you got a minister behind you, y'all. Start praying for them, okay? Y'all just begin to pray for them. Just pray for them. Have the Holy Spirit direction. You want to pray in tongues behind them? Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. That's okay. We're a tongue, we believe in tongues. Speaking mysteries to God, but you're also getting a you're getting a heavenly language that's it's really a beautiful thing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yield, yield, yield. That's what he's saying. Give him first place. Give him first place in every area of your life. In Jesus' name.